Sometimes we might think to ourselves, who am I that God could use me? The reality is we are exactly who God needs. Just as regular folks, everyday people that are willing to say, here am I, send me. And when we say that and live that, we become attached to God's extra and we go beyond our everyday limit. Carly Rockin' in the School of Life. He is here talking about stuff and whatever's going on in his brain. You know it is 100% Bridget! All right, here I am. It's me talking about living life and loving Jesus. (laughs) So today I think we got a good show, but before we kick into it, I got some little bit of stuff. I got to, I got to do this stuff. So I apologize, but I got to do this stuff. If you're watching me on YouTube, please make sure to like, subscribe, ring the bell, do all the stuff required. It helps the algorithm. It does all the great things. And you get, if you subscribe, you actually get a notification. If you ring the bell, then my next video is popping up. And normally I do this every week. Sometimes I miss a week or so because of life, but that's that's just the way things function. And maybe you can you can you can help out the the channel or help out the show by picking up some merchandise. Just go down to the to the description box. There's a link in there um, to Spring. I got a bunch of T-shirts in there that are my designs, and uh, go check that out. You can support the show. You can support the the channel. Do whatever you, that would be greatly appreciated. And if you are a bearded fellow, or if you have hair, or if you just like really cool T-shirts like this. Go to wildbull.shop. <laughs> Check out everything they have. I personally use the beard butter, the beard oil, and the beard wash. And I get their natural soaps. Really, really excellent stuff. And it's all natural stuff. So make sure to go check that stuff out. And uh, if you purchase from the website, make sure to use the, the coupon code WILDBULL100 and own your game. Okay. So I know I got through that stuff kind of rapidly today, but that's okay. That's because I really want to get into this because... Every day, I mean, we, we as people living life, loving Jesus, we are regular everyday people. And really, that's what God is looking for. And we just actually need to lift up our head and say, here am I. If you listen to the intro a little bit, even just a little bit, sometimes we may question ourselves, you know, God's got a plan. God, you know, and, and, we, and we hear these things all the time in sermons. We hear this stuff. God's got a plan for my life. Yes, God has a plan for your life. God's got everything that required for you. But there's something that we have to do on our side. First, you have to get saved. Now, I know sometimes we hear that statement and we go, what does that mean? Well, we have to live a life loving Jesus. We have to find Jesus. We have to understand who Jesus is. Um, and, and in the process of that, he starts to change our lives and we start to do great things and we start to do abundant things. We start to become extraordinary people and we go beyond living as just everyday folks. And that's actually most of the people in the Bible were actually every when you hear about them that's what they were they were everyday folks just doing going about their business doing their thing and then God comes on the scene and calls them to do something and whether that's throughout their whole life where God was on the scene through their whole life or or maybe they were just righteous like Noah you know that, that they were just living the, the the God life prior and God said hey I'm gonna use you I'm gonna pick you out of the crowd and I'm gonna utilize you and we, we have to actually come to a point where we can say, yeah, I could pull that off. And I get this idea of everyday people and, and switching from everyday, regular everyday folks to extraordinary folks because we look at a description of Elijah 
And James describes Elijah very interesting. So this is James chapter 5, 17 and 18. And it says this, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain. <laughs> and the earth produced its fruit. But the, the beginning of that, the verse 17, is, is kind of the key thing. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. A regular, everyday guy. Now, did, did, was he attached to God? Absolutely. When, when he prayed and he did the stuff, he was, he was a born-again believer, more or less, when you look at it from that aspect. And he knew who God was and God knew who he was. But he was willing to, to accept the thing that God gave for him to, gave for him to do. And in the words here, when we say words like, here am I, this is really the focus of this. We, we, we learn to say, here am I, send me. That makes the difference. When we say something like this to God, who has called us to do whatever he has called us to do, he, at that point, is commissioning us to do something. And when we say, here am I, we are taking on that particular commission that God has for us to do. And there's nothing that is extraordinary about men, like I mentioned a minute ago, like men like Moses and Elijah, Isaiah, and at least in and of themselves, they're basically just basic everyday people like us. But something happens when you say, here am I. Look at the things that occurred to Isaiah, mentioning Isaiah up in here. Here's the, this is Isaiah 6, 1 through 18. In the year that King um, Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. So, here, so here's Isaiah. He's getting a vision. <laughs> High and lifted up, and the train of his robe um, filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, which one had six wings. With, with, with two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And, and one cried out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And, and the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal which he had taken with the tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold... This has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, this is Isaiah. Then I said, here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me. Now, I'm going to venture to say that not everybody's going to have an experience like this or have a vision like this of, of, of God saying, hey, you're going to go do something great and doing all this kind of stuff. I'm going to venture to say that. But he's saying, here am I. He's saying, hey, who, will, who shall I send to everybody in some way, shape, or form? All of us have a ministry of reconciliation. We all should be going out talking about Jesus. We should all be going out talking about God and the Holy Spirit and, and all of these things. And we should be um, reconciling people or being the, the person that helps reconcile people back to Christ. And even he found out, you got to think of as Isaiah here, how he found this out. <laughs> and it would be a difficult calling for him, but he didn't back down. When we see God as Isaiah saw God, it is not hard to make ourselves available. And it is hard to be dissuaded from our calling. No matter how difficult it might be, 
a right view of God, of ourselves, of our sin, and of grace is essential for faithfulness to what God has called for us to do. Now, taking a look at his vision, God comes down. He's saying, hey, he sends one of his angels to, to and, and, and puts the coal on his lips saying, you're, you're absolved of your sin. You're absolved of the lips. And he's sitting there going, I'm an ordinary guy. I sit around with all these other folks. I do all these things and, and so on and so forth. And God says, well, you're absolved of all that. Just like salvation today through Jesus, we go, hey, I want to do this thing for God. And Jesus steps in and because we accept him, we go, hey, you can do the things that God's called you to do. Don't worry about the place that you used to be. You're going to find growth from your every day and move into an extraordinary life. You see, it's up to us to accept the calling, whether it be difficult or easy. Even though we think of ourselves as just everyday people, we have to have an understanding that it's up to us to say yes to the calling. It's up to us to say, yes, I'm going to be a person that reconciles. Yes, I'm going to be a person that steps into a pulpit. Yes, I'm going to be a businessman that lives for Jesus and does things properly and according to the word of God. I have to be able to say yes to these kinds of things. Paul puts it this way. This is 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 31. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Let me say that again. For, for you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise, according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to, to, put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen. So you are chosen no matter where you are in life. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the, the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and salvation and sanctification and redemption. That as it is written, he who glorifies, let him glorify in the Lord. So we have to stop and go, hey, you know what? Because of the Jesus in us, because of Jesus in us, because we're living life loving Jesus, we can switch over from an, an, an ordinary, everyday life into an extraordinary life when we say, here am I. When, when I say, here am I. And when we actually mean it, we actually take our extraordinary, we, I'm sorry, we actually take our ordinary and connect it to God's extra, and then we can function in the extraordinary that we have been given. And it is through that, that resolution, it is through that, that, that absolution of sin, it is through God's grace that we can function here on earth for the things for, for, in the things of God. And saying here am I means accepting becoming extraordinary. We have to actually go, hey, can I do this? If I question it too much, I'm going to overthink it. I'm going to have issues. I'm going to, I'm going to struggle through this process when actually it's, it, I know I always make things sound easy, but once, but, but once we say, here am I, and we go, Hey, you know what? I'm going to jump into this calling. And you know what? Ne not necessarily walking in a calling or doing the things that God has for you to do, especially if it's at a high level, you know, it, it's, it's not always simple. Things are going to come against you. The enemy comes against you. All that kind of stuff comes against you, but it is through Christ that we need to understand it is not us. It's him that brings us beyond our everyday life and into an extraordinary life. I just talked about some extraordinary people in the Bible just last week. So go watch uh, or listen to The Third Man, which was just last week. If you're watching me on YouTube, it's going to be 
I should have a link up here somewhere because I just learned how to do that. <laughs> so here's here's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They said some things that show their faith and understand that it is God that does it, not them. Watch this. So this is Daniel 3, 16 through 18. If you listened last week, you've already heard this, but that's okay. Listen again. It's always good stuff. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are, we, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. This matter is that they they, they they were supposed to bow down to this big gold image and they refused. So, and they're going to get punished for it. But if it um, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Verse 18 actually says it all. And this is something that I hit on last week. And but if not, this is the key to being extraordinary. This is the key to making a change. This is a key to saying my faith is greater in Jesus than it is on, to live on this earth. When you say here I am, when you say here am I, you are saying I will do whatever it takes God and I believe with all of me throughout all of me that I can and will do what you want me to do. You find yourself in a place with a confidence that you really can do anything because you know you have God on your side and great things can happen because of that. The trick is realizing that it is not you. It's God working through you. So Paul and Silas had an encounter. We're all familiar with this. They went to prison for what? For doing what God told them to do. They were going against the grain. Some, you know, that's a whole thing. Go, go read, go read the context of this. <laughs> so this is verse, this is Acts 16, uh, 22 through 31. Then the multitude rose up against them. This is Paul and Silas. And the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And then, and when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the, in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. They knew their calling. They said, here am I at some point, obviously. And they were walking in that. And they chose to put God first. These standard, everyday people chose to put God first. And they go to jail for a thing that they did or a thing that the people decided that they did. And now they're in there. And what are they doing? They're singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Verse 27. And the keeper of the prison awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew a sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. This is, this is a cool thing because... They didn't just run away like, oh, look, God opened the doors for us so we can leave and we're going to take off. And, oh, look, all these other prisoners have, are, are, are here, too. So come with us. They didn't do that. They said, no, we're still here. Why? Because we're here for you. It's not just about me. It's about the kingdom of God. And we're going to stay here so that the jailer can get saved, too. So this is verse 29. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. This is the jailer. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? This guy recognizes what Paul and Silas are doing. They recognize, he recognizes Jesus in them. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him, and all who were in his house were saved. That's verse 32. 
So you have to go, hey, this encounter was not just for them. Sometimes we go, well, this thing is just for me. It's just for me. It's just for me. I'm gonna no, it's for the people around you. This, so this was not just for them to see the power and grace of God. It was for the jailer that received. It was for the other prisoners that saw how powerful God is because of the man that said, here am I. And this does not mean that we're all going to go to get thrown in jail or into a, some burning furnace or something like that. Because we said, here am I. What I'm showing you is that the confidence in our God is increased when our faith is working. Here's Hebrews 10, 36 through 28. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance so that after you have done all the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while and he is coming for, and he is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. So check out this first part of this verse. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. So because you receive Jesus doesn't mean you you lose confidence. You actually gain confidence. The Holy Spirit guides, directs, reveals, does all these things so that you can move forward in the thing that God has for you to do. When you say, here here am I, you gain these things. You gain the, the confidence that you need to move forward. And when you receive and when you receive Holy Spirit, you gain the power to witness according to Acts 1.8. So you start to see these things start to happen. Now watch this. This is Galatians 2.20 because it says it best. Watch this. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's living an extraordinary life is simply realizing that you have power and strength through Jesus, Holy Spirit, that makes the impossible possible. And he does it through us, the everyday people. And this is the confidence we have in him to do what he's called us to do, to do what he's commissioned us to do so that we can move forward with him. Joshua told, I'm sorry, God told Joshua to be strong and very courageous. In other words, be confident in who you are and what you are about because I am with you all the time, God said, and I will never, ever leave you. This is Joshua 1.9. I have not commanded, have I not commanded you? Be strong of, of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. When we say, here am I, we actually become better. So instead of avoiding what God has for you, instead of avoiding what God has for us, when we say, here am I, we are stepping in to what God has for us so that we can see greatness happen, not just in ourselves, but to make God famous, to make Jesus famous on the earth again. Because people see who we are. They see who Jesus is in us when we're living a life loving Jesus. We, people see that in us and they go, man, what is that guy doing? What is that? What has pulled him forward? What's pulled him out of the pit? Maybe you have a testimony of your past that's like really horrible and now you're this other person and all that kind of stuff. So it's a, it's a greatness that comes upon you through Christ Jesus and the sins are, 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 are washed away so that we can move forward in the things of God and in his, and in his grace. And when you're working at something, <laughs> things don't actually get easier. You get better. When we say, here am I, we start a process with God and we work through that process with him. And as we learn along the way, we become better at handling the situations that are thrown at us. 
Philippians 2, 12 through 16 says this. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, I'm going to say that again, as you have always obeyed, not as, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. So in the absence of Paul, right? In the absence of when we can't see God, that's another way to put it. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is, not, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Does this mean that we go through life being afraid of what to do next because we might mess up our salvation? No. The fear and trembling portion of this is the reverence of God within our salvation. Working out our salvation with him, learning the process, getting better at the things. Um, like Pastor Nico said a couple of weeks ago on my show, he, he said going from glory to glory. It's that, it's that, that constant moving forward with God. And, and we do this with great respect for the person that came and saved us, Jesus. The working out section is meant as continually working to bring something to fruition or completion. So you're in constant motion in your calling. You're constantly bringing that calling into fruition. You're bearing fruit along the way. You're in constant motion to get it completed. You're in constant motion. You're constantly doing something in the kingdom of God that's, that, that's concerning your calling that you can move forward in the things that God has for you to do. And that is what changes things. Which tells me that when we say, here am I, we begin the process of growth. Now, we began the process of growth with Jesus when we received him, but we go to a next level of growth when we say, here am I. When we say, when we make that decision to go beyond our everyday boring life, and we say, I'm going to do the thing that God's called me to do, when we are born, we don't jump out of the womb walking and talking, right? When you're born again, you're not, you're not suddenly this massive thing. Some people, that's a miracle, you know, that can happen. But we're not suddenly this massive thing. We're not suddenly stepped into greatness. We're not, you know, we have to, we may have to work through some problems. Some of us may have to quit drinking. I put that in a simple way. <laughs> some of us that battle with certain things, they, they may be a slow adjustment along the way. Um, but we, we don't jump out of the womb already walking and talking. We are taught by our parents in the process as we go through the process of gaining knowledge of how to do what we call the basic things of life. Jesus tells us about the growth process and bearing fruit in John chapter 15, 1 through 8. Watch this. You've probably heard this before. It says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bear fruits, he prunes. <laughs> it sounds uncomfortable. <laughs> that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because you have the word, because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Huh. Without me, you can do nothing. This is Jesus speaking. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch um, and is withered and may gather them and throw them into the fire. 
that they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will ask what you desire and I sh- and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. And now everybody goes, well, the pruning process is so painful, it hurts. Now, yes, so, sometimes it's difficult to go through the pruning process, and I understand that. But the, but the pruning and growing process, it does not have to be painful if we're abiding in him. Because if we were truly abiding in him, when we have to remove something from our life, it is removed willingly in order to grow with God. And our fruit becomes more plentiful because we are not complaining and griping about our change. Pause. <laughs> Let's go back to Philippians 12, 14. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God. Just do things faithfully. If you're going to step into something that God has for you to do, be faithful in that thing and you will bear fruit in that thing. Be faithful in the thing that God has for you to do. And just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like I talked about last week, is, hey, I'm not going to bow down to the things of the world. I'm going to go ahead and step into this burning, fiery furnace, and if I die, I die. But I also know that God will take care of me in the process. Saying here I am does not mean pain and suffering. It means growth and abundance. Things don't get easier. We get better. But that only comes through the growth process. And when we grow, we bear fruit. And when we're challenged, we rely on our growth and the fruit that comes with it. When we say, here am I, we are saying, I accept this challenge to go beyond the limits of my everyday life and step into the extra provided by God that I can become extraordinary and live an extraordinary life. Right on, right on.